Um, so this week's passage is Mark 4, 1 to 20, the parable of the sower. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and he was scattering the seed. Some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him um, asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others like seed sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others like seed sown among thorns hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, brothers and sisters. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are told in Mark chapter 3 that crowds followed Jesus because of the miracles he performed. The Pharisees reacted with sinister motives. Some people, including Jesus' own family, thought he had gone mad. The teachers of the law said that Jesus was demon-processed, or at least on Satan's side. By the end of Mark chapter 3, the disciples must have been wondering, how is it that people have such different reactions to him? However, the disciples saw Jesus differently. He was the one they had chosen to follow. Even if they couldn't understand everything he said or did just yet. To them, Jesus was a man or possessed by Satan. But their master, but they must have wondered, why doesn't everyone see this? Why doesn't everyone follow him? These are questions which we might still be asking today. Why are there so many different reactions to Jesus? You might know that the word gospel means good news. 
the news that Jesus came to restore us to full relationship with God isn't just good, it's great. It's the best news in the world. But if that's the case, why doesn't everyone respond with joy? Why is it that people still reject the gospel? Jesus addresses this question at the start of chapter 4 in Mark. As the crowds gathered by the seaside, Jesus climbed into a boat and began to teach them many things in parables. Jesus was explaining that the reason for such varied responses to his message was the varying receptivities of people's hearts. Verse 1 sets the scene for us here. Jesus is teaching by the Sea of Galilee. Once again, a great crowd gathers around him so that he is forced to use a boat for his pulpit. Picture Jesus sitting in the boat a little way out from shore. And all the people gather along the shore at the water's edge to hear him. The shores along the Sea of Galilee slope upward, creating an amphitheater effect. And so the people may have sitting along the banks, listening to Jesus as he taught. The parable of the soil. Jesus described a farmer sowing seed and the four places where the seed fell. The first place where the seed fell was along the path. The fields in Jesus' day were set out in long, narrow streets, and the farmers would use the ground between the streets for pathways. These paths would eventually get beaten down from all the walking. The ground on these paths were hard as rock, and no grass would grow there. When the seed fell on the footpath, it could not penetrate the soil, and it remained there in the open, and the birds came and ate it up. The second place where the seed fell was on rocky places. We sometimes think of these rocky places as soil that just had a lot of rocks in it. But Mark is describing something different here. These rocky places are common in Palestine. Often there will be an outcropping of limestone rock covered by a thin layer of topsoil. This soil looks like it is ready to be sown. This ground looks good and productive and seed cast here will germinate and quickly spring up into a promising plant. But as soon as the sun beats down on the tender plant, it withers and dies without producing any fruit because there's no depth of soil. That's what happened to these seeds that fell on the rocky places. The third place where the seed fell was among thorns. These soils look like it is ready to be sown but underneath the surface are the living roots and seeds of thorns and weeds. 
the soil has been tilled and the thorns have been cut down. But their roots are alive and well, just under the surface. When the seed falls here, it quickly springs to life and gives every indication that a good harvest will follow. But when the seed springs to life, so do the thorns and weeds that were already there, and they soon choke out the tender plant. The young tender plant withers and dies without producing any fruit at all. And then the fourth place where the seed fell was on good soil. This was ground that had been worked and prepared. It had been proud and tilled, and it was ready to receive the seed when it came. The seed germinated within the heart of the soil, and the plant began to grow. When the plant reached maturity, it produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. So that is the parable. A farmer went out to sow seed. The seed went, uh, fell on four different types of soil with four corresponding results. Then Jesus closes out the parable with an exhortation for the crowd to hear. Verse 9, then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Jesus uses these words several times in the gospel. And they seem to imply that just hearing, hearing the word is not enough. You must not only hear the word, but also understand and obey for the words to bring you and any benefit. Now, Jesus went on to teach a crowd a number of other parables. But Mark interrupts the flow here for a moment and jumps ahead to a later time when Jesus is alone with a smaller group of people. Verse 10, when he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. Before explaining the parables to them, Jesus says something very interesting, perhaps even a, li a little disturbing. Verses 11 and 12, he told them, the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Here, he is giving them some insight into why he teaches with parables. Part of the reason is, to, is so that the truths he is teaching will remain hidden to those on the outside. Those on the outside, those who do not have ears to hear, remain ignorant of the parable's true meaning. They see Jesus teaching and they hear his word, but they do not really understand or believe. Jesus is quoting from Isaiah chapter 6, verses 9 and 10 here. 
But God spoke words of judgment against Israel because they refused to hear the truth of God's word. And so Jesus is saying that he uses parables as a teaching vehicles both to conceal and reveal. The parables are meant to conceal truth from those whose hearts are hardened towards God. And they are meant to reveal truth to those who listen with an open heart and a willing mind. And now Jesus is in the same situation. Some won't understand even when they hear. Some won't perceive even when they see. Why? Because they won't accept him. We have seen it throughout Mark's gospel. Jesus runs into opposition everywhere he goes. And if they are going to question everything he says, He's not going to let them complicate his message for everyone who wants to hear. He will speak in a way that the spiritually abled can hear. It doesn't mean that those outside are denied belief. It just means that they are denied further insight into the kingdom as long as unbelief continues. There's an opportunity to repent and believe as long as they are alive. That's why Jesus came. But until they do, Jesus Jesus will go to the ones who draw near. Things of the parable like a filter. Some people are really interested in Jesus Some are pretending to be, and some aren't at all. And the parable saw them out. How do you know what kind of person you are? Well, we need to keep going. The answer lies in the different kinds of soil. Finally, Jesus goes on to explain the parables of the soils. He begins with a rebuke that shows that he expected his disciples to understand it on their own. Notice that Jesus said this parable is everything. If you do not understand this parable, you will not understand any of the other parables. The reason why is that this parable tells us how to hear the word of God and how not to hear the word of God. Every time the word of God is proclaimed, spiritual warfare occurs in the hearts of every person. Notice that there are a variety of reactions to the proclamations of God's word. But then he goes ahead and explains the parable to them. He begins, the farmer sows the word. So the seeds stand for the word of God. Who is the sower? Well, the sower is anyone who sows the word of God. The sower is you and me. The preacher on Sunday morning, the missionary in the mission field, the employee at lunch with co-workers, 
the parents telling the bedtime story. But at the most foundational level, Jesus is the sower, fulfilling and encompassing the totality of the road. He spreads the words, he spread the seed of the word, calling all to repent and believe, for the kingdom of God is at hand. How does the sower sow the seed? Well, we see in the opening verses that Jesus taught his parable on the shore for all to hear, sowing the seed of the word on all kinds of soil. In this parable, some of the seed produces fruit and some does not. The problem does not lie in the seed. Each kernel had the potential to produce fruit. The seed was not the problem. The problem was the soil. The soils in this parable represents the heart or the mind of the person who hears the word of God. Everyone who hears the word hears it in a different way. Some revile it. Some reject it. Some receive it. It is the soil that is primary emphasis of this parable. Now, let's look at the explanation given by Jesus. First, the seed along the path. This is a completely unresponsive heart. These people hear the word and forget. The word is gone as soon as it leaves the mouth of the speaker. There's nothing wrong with the seed, and there's nothing wrong with the sower. What is wrong is the soil. This is a soil that will not receive the seed. This pictures a completely unresponsive heart. Who have we seen so far in Mark's gospel with this kind of heart? The Pharisees. They don't accept Jesus as their Lord. They oppose him as their enemy. The more Jesus speaks, the more he heals, the more he teaches, the harder their heart gets. It's the scariest heart of all. It's completely close to Jesus. It's uninterested in hearing him and therefore unable to hear him. It doesn't matter how religious they appear on the outside. Their heart tells the truth. What happens to this kind of heart? When you hear, Satan immediately comes and takes the word away. He snatches it up before it sinks in. Satan has a million, a million methods of taking the seed away. He's really good at extracting, distracting us from God. Thinking, think about it. Doesn't he, doesn't the bed always appear more than the Bible? Isn't the conversation on social media more interesting than prayer? Doesn't self-justification feel better than repentance? isn't watching Netflix better than nightly meditations on God's words. Aren't you tempted right now to
to check your phone, to plan your week, to make your grocery list, to check out for a time, a little while. Where do you think that comes from? Don't let him. Be watchful. Next are the seeds that were sown on rocky places. These are the ones who, when they hear the word and at once receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. We see this kind of heart in the crowds that follow Jesus, like Twitter followers who jump on the bandwagon because they see that he's trending. They love him for his miracles, but leave him for his exclusive claims. They don't stick with him because their hearts are just not open enough. They say they believe don't endure, proving that they don't really believe. They are merely interested in the in thing at the moment. When following him gets uncomfortable, inconvenient, discouraging, or risky, they leave. They didn't sign up for hardship. This is the kind of heart that treats Jesus not as the saviour, he really is. But as the spiritual pixie dust, we want. We would accept him as long as he doesn't step on our toes, doesn't call us to commitment, doesn't ask us to deny ourselves and take up our cross to follow him. With this heart, Things are good for a while. But because we have never considered his word, we have never chewed on it. We have never really thought it through. We have kept it shallow. Like so many spring gardens that die after being set in the hot sun. We leave him for something else when things get tough. When we treat Jesus in mere pragmatic terms, as soon as he no longer works for us, we look for someone else that will. This is a heart that's tried Jesus and found he is just all right, but not all right enough. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the worries of life the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. First of all, they are the worries of this life. Some people say, well, I would receive Christ, but this is a bad time. I have, no, I have so many problems at home with the kids, with the cars, and so on. Once I get everything all straightened out, then I will come to Christ. And so the word gets choked out because a person gets distracted by other things. The second thing is the deceitfulness of wealth. 
thinks of the rich. The young ruler who walked away from Jesus because he could not part with his wealth. That seed got choked out fast. But you don't have to be wealthy to get tripped up by this one. The Bible says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then Jesus talks about the desires for other things. Jesus is not necessarily talking about wrong things here. Just other things. Desiring anything over Jesus Christ is idolatry. And will keep the word of God from being planted in your heart. If I were to caution us from one of these three, first three kinds of hearts, this is the one I would highlight today. I think it is the bad soil we are most prone to in our context and culture today. This is perhaps the greatest danger for us. It's so easy for the concern of this world to take over our lives, for worrying about our own wealth, the whole aspect from giving to the church, for working extra hours at work, take priority over reading God's word, spending time with friends, going into our diaries before spending time with God for the desire to be popular or at least well-liked and not ridiculed the whole aspect from sharing the gospel with others. It's not that these things in themselves are bad, but because the good things has taken over money, relationships, work, and play are all good gifts given by God for us to enjoy. But we are warned against worshipping them instead of God. Jesus warned of the danger of storing up treasure on earth, about being more worried about the things of this world and God's kingdom. We have to ensure these good things don't become the ultimate things in our lives. If they do, if they choke out God's priorities, then the gospel is functionally dead in us. Just like the seed amongst the thorns can't produce fruit the way it should. We need to examine our lives regularly to see if there's any pruning we need to do. Sometimes we can't see the weeds and thorns in our own lives. As it slowly creep in and take over. So it's important that we keep meeting with other Christians, encouraging one another and helping each other keep the gospel central. And then finally, those that were sown on good soil. Hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. 
This is the hearts of Jesus' disciples. They accept his word. They follow him when it's hard. They stick with him when they don't understand. They draw near, they lean in, they want Jesus. And to them are given the secrets of the kingdom of God. They get not only the knowledge of his kingdom, they get his kingdom. They enter the experience. Well, we have covered a lot of applications throughout the message today. But let me close with three overall application points from the parable. First of all, be careful how you hear. That is really the main point of the parable. The seed that grows in is no different from the seed that lands on the path or on the rocky ground or among thorns. It's all the same seed. It's all the same message. But you need to receive it with an open heart and a willing mind. Be careful how you hear the word of God. Secondly, so God's word wisely. Be a witness for Christ. Share God's word with people whenever you can. But do it wisely. Know that the three hindrances to the gospel from this parable and God accordingly. Most of all, pray that God would prepare people's heart for his word. And then thirdly, be assured of the harvest. When you share the gospel with others, yes, some of the seed will land along the path, some will fall on rocky soil or among the thorns, but some will also fall on good soil. And so you may expect that there will indeed be a harvest. Share the gospel. Pray for people. And then watch as God does his work. Amen. God bless you.